Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk back with you. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our service men and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. That's a, with a trip through the drive through at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over there in Tupelo. Sort of weird if Brupolo was in Rolling Fork. Nobody. Rolling Brew, Brewing Fork. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to make that one work. Regardless, wherever you live, from the Delta to the Pine Belt and all points in between, you can get Strange Brew Coffee. All you got to do is go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, place your order there for shipping, and whatever kind of coffee machine you're using, well, they've got a coffee to suit you and get coffee and have Strange Brew Coffee every morning with strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com, that's the place to get maroon and white merchandise that you can't find just anywhere else. Because nobody else has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, for yourself, your house, your car, or your tailgate. They've got it at College Corner. Humble Taco, Starbucks' newest and best Mexican restaurant. Well, not newest anymore. Not newest. Well, we, They're just the best now. You can only hide that label for so long. Because, you know, as we all know, Starbucks the Mexican restaurant capital of the world. And the food's good. And it's Taco Tuesday at Humble Taco. So you need to head on over there, grab some tacos that you can't get just anywhere else. You know you want them. You know you want to try them. You know you want, you know you want a margarita, some chips and salsa, and some awesome tacos. Get them at Humble Taco. Looking for a great suggestion for lunch? I'm going to tell you to go to Firehouse Subs every time. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order. You can pick it up within minutes. And, of course... You're getting a great sandwich to go with it. And you're piling up reward points, so you're eating free faster than you could think. Locations in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, and, of course, Flowood and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Robbie Falk, welcome back from the grandest stage of them all. It's good to be back. Right here on Thunder and Lightning. (laughs) Robbie knows how to work that cheap heat. So cheap. Did you see Mick Foley's reaction to Hilarious. the stunner yeah, at the events? I, he, 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 <laughs> I thought he was going to pe- pass out. He was laughing at Dude, it. Dude, that was a genuine, like, Stone Cold was seriously popped. Oh, he was laughing at him, yeah. Because, you know, he, him and Mick Foley both have, ta- have always talked about that stunner that, that Vince took, that first stunner he yeah. took on Raw. Like, well, like a convulsion. Yeah, so uh, Stone Cold literally was – was laughing out loud right there. My favorite part of that whole thing was they're celebrating in the ring and they start playing Austin Theory's music (laughs) and Vince thinks it's the cue for Stone Cold. So he starts looking around and I'm like, so, so when I saw that, my initial thought was shame it, man. I thought it was gonna be shame. It was, it was infinitely better to hear the glass break because I I was not expecting Stone Cold two nights in a row, but there you go. 
it, it was it, it was so much fun, man. And, and the thing about this is the thing about WrestleMania and really WWE as a whole, like when they do big stuff like this, there's people listening to this that hate wrestling. If if people were not entertained by at least something on those two nights, then they're just looking for a reason not to be happy. Yeah, I agree. Because like the 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 match with Johnny Knoxville was just to me just hilarious. And I, fun. I laughed the entire match. I mean, it's just it's they just, he just Vince still knows how to entertain better than anybody, man. That yeah. there's some hokey stuff still out there. There's some things that you and I might not like. But at the end of the day, the dude knows how to entertain people, and uh, he did it again. I mean, I, I think anybody can watch those two nights and find something. To find something watch. to enjoy. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, we're back to the grind here. And when I buy that, of course, I mean Mississippi State baseball. You saw over the weekend taking that one game from Arkansas. It basically played out the way we said it would, taking that Sunday game. Uh, and now Bull- the Bulldogs are right back at it. Home series this weekend, midweek game, 3-1. and one. Three and one for the week. Got the chance to talk to Chris Lamonis on um, on Monday Sports Talk Mississippi, and asked him about that. Asked him about you know embracing the grind. He said he felt like his team was in a good place mentally, and 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 and, and was ready for you know for the challenges the season's going to provide. Look at the SEC. I mean, it's just it's just a car crash right now. Everybody's piled up on top of each other. We're in a five way tie for third slash last in the West. You've got Arkansas at seven and two. Auburn of all teams is five and four, and then everybody else is four and five. And so you've got two of those teams meeting each other this weekend in Starkville with, with LSU coming to town. State looking for its first series win in, against LSU since I, I looked it up today, two thousand three. That's the official uh, number there. Robbie, st- this season has been a situation where things happen and they you try to make them work, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. And I give Lamontis a lot of credit. He has not given up on things. He's, he's constantly trying new stuff. He's putting people in different positions, putting them in different roles. Let, let's sort of start with, with this question. What can Mississippi State re, re, realistically change? I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, you can't say, oh, they just got to get better in the bullpen. Well, I mean, how? What can they realistically change between now and the end of the season that could get them going a little bit? One of the answers is getting better in the bullpen, but I'm going to expand on that a little bit. Robbie, I'm sorry. I, this is just this is that's been my thing the whole time. Yeah, is you know can, can Mississippi State be better in the bullpen? I you know we had we had not seen a whole lot out of those bullpen arms that gave you a lot of hope, but I think you're starting to see it with Jackson Fristo, are we not? I mean, I, I, we, we mentioned it a little bit last week. After the Memphis game, I felt like something was happening with him. I, th- I felt like you were starting to see a page turned with Jackson Fristo, and maybe he had found his his uh, niche. And he was actually my playmaker for the weekend. And I, I mentioned hmm. I felt like in one of these games he was going to have to come up big, and he would come up big for Mississippi State. And what did he do on Sunday when they had to have a win, nailed down three innings, and won the ball game from Mississippi State, and that's back-to-back really good performances. You saw him come in in a tough situation, very similar situation in which he came in against Georgia, and in that game gave up a hit, which you can't really blame him for, but in this one, he gets two big strikeouts, comes back, gets a ground ball, and it was a really difficult play for Luke Hancock, and um, 
the next couple of innings to get that double play, but threw up threw up a zero when he came in the ball game. That was huge. I thought that that really showed you exactly what you can get from Jackson Fristo out of the bullpen. You start getting stuff like guys like that step up in the back of the bullpen that you can really rely on when you have a lead in the game, along with what Brooks Auger's done. Now you start to change the game a little bit for Mississippi State this year. You go for from a team that looks a little bit helpless unless the offense is on fire to one that doesn't have to have these great starts from starting pitching. So Jack, the answer is Jackson Fristo, um, Pico Cone, um, who else? That's Casey Hunt. Mm-hmm. Those guys have got to step up and be – players that you can count on coming out of the bullpen, not guys that it looks like you're waving the white flag when they come in the ballgame. And we've seen it from Jackson Fristo. Now we need to see it from everybody else. Hunt's an interesting you know, choice there because I talked – again, I asked Lamonis about him. He said, you know, it's just a matter of sort of ramping him up. He pitched a couple of innings this week. Maybe this weekend you see him go, you know, more than a couple of innings in, in one game and sort of sort of take it from there. I, and again, this is what I asked Lamona, so I'll ask you now. Let's say we get two weeks down the road after the Auburn series and, and, and the Hunt hasn't had any kind of setbacks. Do you try to slide him back into the rotation or do you want to try to use him as a bullpen piece? I think probably out of the bullpen. I, don't, I think the, the days of Parker Stinnett coming out of the bullpen are done. I think he's better as a starter, although we've seen two really bad starts with Georgia and Arkansas now. Mm-hmm. But I, I just I feel like the the makeup of him is a little better as a starter because when he's good, he's getting he's getting a couple innings under his belt and starting to ramp things up. You know, when he's bad, he's just not throwing strikes and it just kind of unravels on him. So, um, you know, I, I feel like he's probably going to stick in the rotation, and then unless you just can't get anything out of him multiple weeks, you know. Uh, but state state's got to be better on Friday and Saturday. I you know I hate getting to Cade Smith and the series being over. I, that's going to be my next question. Do you see now now maybe being the time to move Cade Smith to Saturday? Well, I think it, I think it's been past time for him to move up at least to Saturday, if not Friday. He's a Friday night starter. He's your best starter without a without any questions, and. Um, would would have gotten at least six innings, maybe seven innings on Sunday had he not gotten hit in the head. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you're you're getting a pretty good performance from him every single week, and if it's if it's not a a really good performance, it's good enough to give you a chance. State didn't getting that on Friday and Saturday, and you know that's one of the things we talked about when we were previewing that game against Arkansas that series. They needed great starts, and they didn't get it on Friday or Saturday. They didn't give themselves a chance. So um, back to your point, too, about you know what, what, what can they do to change this season and make this season a, a, a better year for them. It's have better starts, throw strikes, don't have errors. They walked 20 guys in the first 23 innings or whatever it was. You you have no chance of winning a ball game in the SEC when you're doing that. When you're you're going to have many guys. beating a SWAC team doing that. And they Remind, hit four batters. Number two team in the country. Hit four batters, had three yeah. errors. Yeah. That they 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 gave That's up twenty seven free base runners. Twenty seven for you just gave Arkansas the number two team in the country 
27 free bases. And I, I don't I don't want to diminish well, Arkansas. Put it like that, man. God bless. I'm surprised I, they did I anything. I don't want to diminish Arkansas as a team, but they are not last year's team. Mississippi no. State could have won that series. They were they were good enough to win that series, but they did they weren't good enough. They didn't play good enough to win that series. Friday night was a disaster. Parker Stinnett had an even worse start. And, um, you know, it's just you cannot give away games like that and expect to win. Uh, and State didn't do that on Sunday, and that's why they won the ball game. Their pitching gave them a chance. Hitting was not coming through for them. They just had three solo home runs. But pitching was continuously – giving them opportunities and was not letting that ball game get away. They didn't walk that many guys. And uh, I thought Auger pitched well. Fristo was fantastic. Gave them a chance for that big hit to finally come, and, and it did. And State was able to win. From a hitting perspective, the stat of the weekend to me was this. Hines, Cumbus, and James were a combined, I believe, 0 of 32 with, I think – 16 strikeouts between them. Mm. The fact that State got any runs on the board is, is almost in, in, incredible to me. Hines, I can sort of write off, right? Freshman, that's the best competition he's faced. He, If you look, State tweeted out an exit velo chart. He had two of the top three exit velos, so he made some contact. He also struck out seven times in 12 at-bats. James, you can't have that kind of weekend from him in SEC play. And same with Cumbus. You've got to get more out of those two guys. So that's another key for me is getting more consistency up and down the lineup. Hancock, maybe Sunday's uh, performance can be a, a little bit of a spark for him. Kellum Clark was okay this weekend. Jaeger was okay this weekend. But they, they still have to figure out a lot, especially at that leadoff spot too. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, Cam James, he, he's been getting some unwarranted criticism about his play overall. Um, but he does need to get some bigger hits. With, with guys on base, he just he hasn't been able to come through for you a, a whole lot just yet. You know, he had that big double play where the base is loaded. You have a chance to kind of break the game open. Those guys have got to come up with, with some big hits. And, and Logan Tanner hasn't been at his best this year, but he's made solid contact all year. Uh, I, I can't really be upset at anything he's done. Um, Kellum didn't have a good weekend. Hunter didn't have a good weekend. Uh, but luckily, Luke Hancock was was on it, especially Sunday, to give give you a chance there. He had uh, two big hits at the home run, at the game-winning hit, and then came up with just the, the play of the year, I think, defensively with that double play that he turned. But those guys, the guys that are your um, your leaders, your juniors and your seniors, those guys are going to have to start becoming more of a force and having more of an impact than, than what they've had so far. And I, I hate to say that when, when Cam James has, has been, you know, a couple weeks ago, he's batting 350, I think. I mean, he's he's been consistent at the plate from a batting average. His, his batting average dropped 38 points this past weekend. And I think Hines dropped almost 50. Yeah. Is there anybody over 300 anymore? Uh I think I think James is still over 300. I think he's hitting like 302. Yeah, I mean they Let's see if, here. if this team ever gets to the point where everybody yeah. is hitting. I mean that that's just the problem right hey, now. James is, is at 302 and then everybody else is under 300 except for Von Siebert. 
which by the way just absolutely destroyed a ball off, off of Jalen Battles when he came in there. Yes, I mean that, that's what you like about Brian Siebert. When he comes in there, he he can get a hold of one. Yeah, uh, as a pinch hitter, and he he hit a rocket off of Jalen Battles. So I, yeah, I mean it's just, and that's another thing about this team. If they ever get to the point where most of the lineup is hitting, mm-hmm. especially at the you know the top five or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be trouble for everybody else because there's so much potential there. They just haven't been able to put it all together. What are we missing then? What 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 is what's another key that maybe we haven't talked about? Something that you you look at this team and you go, man, if this could happen, they would be in really good shape. So for one, if they can figure out who's going to be the leadoff man. Yeah, that's another one. They, I mean, who, three different who guys this weekend. Who is it? Who's it going to be? I mean, I haven't seen. Anything from anybody that makes me feel confident. Jess Davis, I feel like, has the best makeup of the leadoff hitters, but you know, you, you can't have a guy come up there and go 0 for 5 right. in your leadoff spot. Um, you know, Drew McGowan was, was okay on Sunday, I thought. Had a couple of good at-bats. Mm-hmm. Matt Quarter uh, went through like a 0 for 21 stretch or whatever, so it's just – they cannot get that settled, and they can't get the shortstop settled. I mean, it's just been a revolving door right there with Leggett and Forsyth. Those are two positions you've got. You're in the fourth weekend of the SEC. You've got to figure that out. you you got to get settled at, at these positions. they got just about everything else. Those two positions have got to uh, get figured out. Yeah. If they figure them out, you know, it's one of those things. Well, we know the team has got talent. And it's, they're just not performing well. It is, it, it is really a matter of execution uh, for Mississippi State. If they start doing that, then they're going to be just fine. But for now, the grind continues. And that, that's going to be the theme that we're just going to stick with here on the, on the, on the program until it, it changes. Because the way this team plays right now, I can't see them running off six, seven, eight wins in a row to give themselves some cushion. It's going to be a week-by-week process. You know, road series, you need to be – Two and two. Uh, home series, you need to be three and one. If you can pick up an extra win in any of those weeks, it's just gravy. But it's the, the number you're looking at is 15 and 15. Get to 15 and 15, and you know for a fact that you're in and you don't have any worries. We'll see. And here's the up. thing here's the thing about the SEC West this year. You know, every, uh, everybody in this fan base is, is kind of down on Mississippi State right now. I mean, it's happening at a lot of these places. LSU is not performing up to what people thought they would be. Um, no, right. And I, always, I felt like their pitching was was not going to be uh, very good, but their defense is awful. And um, their hitting has been up and down. That's been kind of the surprise. Um, and Ole Miss has not been hitting the ball as well as we all thought that they would. So, uh, you know, they, they could have – I thought they could have lost – They had a it. rough weekend at the plate this weekend, did Ole Miss. Yeah, and they, they – I mean, they, they scored a bunch of runs on uh, on Sunday. Sunday but, uh, you know, every, everybody's kind of going through some growing pains. Arkansas has, has continued to win. They're not perfect. No. I didn't – I wasn't just super impressed by what I saw from them. I thought State gave away those first two games. So, the SEC West is going to be a little bit of a, a mystery – this year, I think. I think the SEC champion is no doubt coming out of the East, and it's probably going to be a runaway by Tennessee the way they look. Yeah. Lamona said on Monday, he said that 
Tennessee's playing like the best team in the history of the SEC. Now, I want you to think about that statement and the teams that have played in the SEC for him to say that. But he, he's right. I mean, the, the way they are the best hitting team in the SEC. And they could be half as good at, at hitting and still be leading the SEC because their pitching has been so dominant. It's a really good team. Obviously, all that matters is how they finish. But right mm-hmm. now, they're, they're playing really, really well. But Mississippi State's still within striking distance of everything it wants to do. I mean, simple as that. So they just got they just got to find a way to get a little bit better here and there, and they're going to be okay. And and then you know we'll get to the postseason and see what happens. So. All right, let's, uh, let's move on into the second half of the show into our next spring positional breakdown. That's brought to you by our good friends at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. Man, the sizzle of beef on the grill, you cannot beat it. This weekend, if you're cooking out or if you're in the left field lounge, treat everybody to some steaks, maybe some great burgers, or maybe a big brisket or a tri-tip, whatever it is you're looking to do, they've got you covered when it comes to beef. Head to the grocery store today, head to your butcher, and tell them to put some beef in the cart for you beef it's what's for dinner thanks to our friends at the mississippi beef council two brothers smoked meats in the heart of the cotton district that's the place to find smoked southern soul food going to be a big crowd at two brothers this weekend make sure you're a part of it get out there enjoy the buzz enjoy the great food and the great location and everything that comes when you make a trip to two brothers if you're at startville this weekend for baseball i can't recommend it anymore than I already have in the past. Head over to Two Brothers to enjoy some smoked Southern soul food. Advantage Business Systems, I say at every show that they make it really easy for you to make them your choice for business and office supplies. Simple as this. Great products, great service. And, and I know it's something that everybody promises, but do they really? If you are a, a business and you've had to deal with these big box stores before when you're looking to purchase copiers and printers and things like that, you know what a headache it can be to deal with them. You know that you're not talking to somebody here and not only in this state, but maybe not even in this country. And you know that they're, they're going to tell you, okay, well, we'll get out there as soon as we can. It should be seven to 10 business days and we'll send a tech. That just doesn't work for anybody. Your business needs to be up and running. You need to call Advantage Business Systems a Mississippi business first and foremost. Their number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business positional breakdown time we've got another one to do and we're talking about cornerbacks today i had to talk corners earlier today i was on the matt mclaren show over in birmingham and and they asked about martin emerson and who was replacing him so i'm I'm glad sort of fresh on the brain on one side of the of, of the line you've got in my opinion maybe the best cover corner in the sec this year you've got emmanuel forbes has been fantastic since day one a guy who gets interceptions and the reason he got a lot of interceptions is he was the guy people were throwing to because they didn't want to throw to Emerson. That's going to flip a little bit this year. And, em- and Forbes is going to be the guy you don't want to throw at. So that brings means big opportunities for DeCamerian Richardson, for Marcus Banks, whoever, or DeCarlos Nicholson, whoever takes that slot. It looks like the early returns in the spring are that Richardson is having a really good go of it out there. Yeah, he's. I, I think he's going to be – tough to push out and I think a lot of that is a credit to the time that he got last year you know he got some time whenever was it the Kentucky game when Emerson got ejected I believe that's correct yeah I think that's right he came in the ball game and I thought that was going to be a a tough situation for him and I thought he performed pretty well Um, and I think that that 
you know, just getting thrown in the fire a couple of times and getting that extra time out there last year could be huge for him this season. 15 tackles uh, last year in a reserve role. Got some time also as uh, um, a special teamer. This is his time, man. I mean, there there's some competition. There's some unproven guys out there at cornerback that are going at it in the spring. And I think right now he is your number two guy um, next to Forbes. And we'll see what happens during spring and into the fall. But I don't think that's a thing where, you know, he's been he's been given that because he's been here longer than those other guys. I just think he's been better than everybody else right now outside of Forbes. And the one practice that I've seen looked really good out there. And then the reports since have been uh, really promising for him as well. So we'll see what happens. But I, I think at the very least, he's going to provide you some really good depth there at cornerback. And he will be a guy that you can platoon either with Forbes or Nicholson or Banks or whoever. That's the one thing I like about this group. It feels like and, – and, and not to say that Richardson and Banks and, and Nicholson are proven talents, right? But just from a recruiting perspective, all three of these guys – you feel like you've got some depth there. We saw Richardson last year, and, and he looked good. Banks was an Alabama guy that all indications were that Alabama wanted to keep, that, that Nick Saban wanted to keep him on, on the roster. They just couldn't do so. And then with Nicholson, this is a guy who had offers from a lot of good SEC schools, a lot of good schools, period, Kentucky, Ole Miss, uh, Florida State. So he's obviously a talented guy. He's very raw. I think this is only like his second or third year of playing corner, and he was a high school quarterback. But you've got four guys there that, at the very least, it appears on the surface, can play. And you know that's you know you think about last year where you were like, once you get past Forbes and Emerson, you know you're not really sure what you've got there. That's a good job. You know, Darcel McBath has taken a lot of heat in recruiting over the past year, but he did a good job in getting some of these guys in there. And especially Nicholson, that was a very tough recruiting battle. I think this could be you know a pretty solid group, and and. We'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow with the safeties and how much you know Arnett will sometimes switch to man and 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 put some responsibilities out there. I feel good about these corners in man coverage, though. I do too. I think the 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 talent is there, the athleticism is there for these guys to get out there and cover some really good players at receiver, and you, that's what you need in this league. You got to have some some guys with some length, some guys with some speed out there, and you got that. I mean, DeCarlos Nicholson is going to be one of the more athletic long corners that you're going to see in this league. 6'3", almost 200 pounds. He's a freak, but this is just his second year playing cornerback. So he's still a very raw prospect. Marcus Banks went to Alabama, but it's not like he's played a, a, a ton in big spots for them. So there's still the, the potential there, but unproven potential for the most part. And then you got some other guys that that need to step up. You know, Asias Verge has been around for a while, but um, you know we haven't really seen a ton from him since that really that LSU game mm-hmm. in 2020. And then the other guys have not proven anything. Jay Hampton, William Hardrick, you know we haven't seen a ton from him. I heard he was getting some reps on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So you've got to you got to have DeCarlos Nicholson and Marcus Banks hit here. I. I think that we've seen DeCameron Richardson, and we've seen, you know, he, he's gotten some reps. So you feel okay about him. You need these other guys to really step up and perform to their potential, Marcus Banks and DeCarlos Nicholson. You need those guys to, to come through for you this year. 
I agree with that 100%. I, I think, like I said, I think that's a good group. And then you have Forbes, who, you know, I guess we haven't talked about, but potential All-American, in my opinion. I think he, I think he's just that good. He's been so, so good since day one. And you, you think about it, you know, from a recruiting perspective, he was a good signee for MSU, right? A four-star corner. He was the top, one of the top two players in the state, depending on where you looked. And, you know, even in that situation, I thought he's probably a guy who could come in and be a day one kind of starter. And I think it was you know, week two or three, he finally took over for Furge, and he's just never let go. He's picked off passes. He's made a ton of big plays. He's also he's not afraid to get up in there, too. He's a tackler as a corner. I thought he and Emerson were probably two of the more physical corners in the SEC a season ago. He, he has no problem helping out and run support. I think he's just a great player. Uh, I, I am a mark for Emmanuel Forbes. I won't. I won't make any bones about that. It, it, when you get to, to when we get to July and we're headed to media days, is he your first? Is he one of your first team All SEC corners? I'd have to look at the landscape. I hadn't even thought about the cornerbacks in the league this year. You know, last year they had um, LSU. Is it Stingley? Stingley, yeah, and Ricks. Stingley and Ricks. Yeah, Joe at Alabama. High- he's gone. Yeah. So I, I hadn't even looked at the landscape to even think about that just yet. I just think that he's but good from enough. From a production that really standpoint, yeah. From production standpoint alone, I mean, I think that's what hurt Emerson is he didn't have the interceptions, mm-hmm. even the pass breakups, because nobody was throwing his way. So, the, I think the SEC media was just kind of lazy on that and didn't. They just looked at the guys with the best numbers or the guys that were already getting the pub. I think Forbes is going to be a little more of a media darling because of that, because he has the interceptions. Mm-hmm. He had all those pick sixes his freshman year. So, I, you know, I think the people are going to look at that, um, that stat sheet and give him a little more of a look than they did Martin Emerson. I agree with you. I, 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 interceptions, especially he has pick sixes. What, do you, what does yeah. he have, like three in his career or four or something like that? Instead of school yeah, like record. Tied the school record as a, yeah, as a freshman. freshman. So, yeah, he puts the ball in the end zone when he gets his hands on it. So, just an exciting player. So I, I, I feel like I'm gushing. I'm just a mark for Emmanuel Forbes. I can't, I can't help it. So, You're the advocate for Emmanuel Forbes. He is my tribal chief. He is the head of the table. All right. Uh, tomorrow's show. Let's see. We got the rumblings. Rumblings is tomorrow's show. So, get your questions in. Robbie will happily answer all of your WrestleMania questions. And of course, if you got any other questions, MSU sports related or otherwise, you know that we will uh, go through them. Uh, a lot of other stuff to talk about. Huge series with LSU. Might need to get an LSU uh, beat writer on with us to talk about this series. Start start getting some uh, some other some outside uh, opinions as well. Plus, spring practice can, rolls on. We'll have more. And that should be a scrimmage on Saturday, so we might have a uh, so we'll be able to talk about that on Sunday show as well. On top of baseball, so lots going on this week. Uh, it's supposed to be severe weather in our state again today. Please. First of all, I'm tired of talking about that. But secondly, please be careful wherever you are. And uh, we'll be back with you very, very soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.